Hey, well, welcome to A Little Better. My name is Daniel. I'll be your host. This week on the podcast, we dive into a great conversation from a wonderful Sunday of open baptism and the climax of our series, Trust Issues. Uh, This is part seven, where we talk all about what is baptism. We celebrate some great stories from this past Sunday on open baptism, where we saw 90 people across all of our campuses get baptized and go public with their faith in Jesus. We're so excited to dive in to this week's episode because remember, our goal on this podcast is to know Jesus better and by the power of his spirit, do better so together we can be a little better. Hey, and welcome to the Little Better Podcast. I uh, hope you're doing well. Men, how are you guys? Doing great. Yeah, we floating, have... Floating, floating yeah. off Sunday still. Seriously. Yeah, we have Brad <laughs> back with us on the I'm podcast, back. finally. New um, knee and all. New, new knee. knee. He's got a That's new right. knee. And I have so... two new knees. I've run out of knees to replace. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So let's jump into this conversation. Drew, give us a one-minute recap of the message from this past Sunday. So it was a climax of trust, and it was basically trusting God with a confusing plan. So he resurrects from the dead and actually leaves, and he leaves the responsibility of sharing what he did with us. And so we are his witnesses, and basically the the application was, hey, we should be telling the world about Jesus, and when we do that, people respond and are impacted, and then they go public with their faith. And so we talked about what baptism was, and then it... it it basically climaxed at yeah. ninety people saying, "Let's let's do this." And yeah. it was awesome. an, a spiritually amazing, exhausting day. It was. It was. It was so. Good. It was incredible. So if you didn't hear that across all of our campuses, we had ninety total as a final count. Uh, people go public with their faith. Mm. Yeah. Uh, before we talk about that, just amazing number. A few things that I, I want to highlight that I loved about the message. The first thing was the emphasis. I've heard a lot of open baptism messages, and I've told you this, is um, the emphasis not on just like, hey, if you haven't been baptized yet, you should do it, but also of the questions that you ask of, is anyone, should anyone be getting baptized because of your witness in the workplace, in your mm. home? In you your had to throw that circles. in there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was good. It was just a reminder. Because it's so easy in those moments when, when you hear pastors or mm-hmm. preachers of giving an invitation, like, you should put your faith in Jesus, of Mm -hmm. if you've been following Jesus for a while, just to check out, just to say, like, oh, I'm good, he's not talking to me. Um, Or (laughs) to say, like, you should trust God and go public with your faith. Like, oh, I'm good, I've already done that, he's not talking to me. Mm -hmm. But you you did, you talked to all of us in a very creative and engaging way and um, challenged us. And I don't think anybody should be able to walk out of Sunday Unchallenged. That was a, a one-year challenge, right? I yeah. Mean, like, in the next year, who's going to be in that baptistry? <laughs> That's right. You know, well, and you think about it, you. like 90 people got baptized. Yeah. That didn't just happen in isolation, no. right? Yeah. That was investment of people mm-hmm. and... You know, that's what we have to be reminded of. Every story is connected mm. to another story, right? And right, God right. uses us, right? Yeah. Right. In just cool ways. And I bet you for for people who have been praying for children, for friends to get mm-hmm. baptized, yeah. to go public with their faith, can you imagine how it like inspiring <laughs> that is? Yeah. Like, man. 
Yeah. Uh, my wife uh, volunteered, Karen volunteered at the first service with the bap baptisms, and then in the afternoon she headed to work at Highland Hospital, and a nursing supervisor, so Matt and Colleen Privet, you know, come here. They drive in from Hilton to the Rochester campus, and their youngest planned on getting baptized, mm -hmm. Charlie planned on getting baptized, but then what shocked her was the two older sisters who didn't plan on getting baptized followed mm. their brother. <laughs> so she said, so all three of her children were baptized. She said, I love Northridge, like top three mm. day, like marriage, <laughs> wow. birth, baptism. Got to see all her kids baptized in one day. Mm. Wow. But that doesn't incredible. happen unless you create an event like this. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. The the one thing that I was wondering, and I don't think we'll ever know this, I was talking to some other people about it, is, you know, during the, the terrible year of 2020, you know, we saw a lot of people come to faith, or at least they reached out to us, our church, and, and mm -hmm. multiple, like, hey, I placed my faith in Jesus for the first time because of us being on the CW or yeah. online. And I just wonder how many of those people, you know, yeah. that didn't know about Northridge, didn't know about Jesus, right. and it the year of 2020 and all its tragedies like mm -hmm. led them to Christ and then they went public with their faith on Sunday. I don't know if we'll ever know that number, yeah. but it was, it was a thought in the back of my mind of like, maybe some of these people are, are those, those in fact, yeah, that's uh, such, people. Yeah. Such an important point. I mean, I know missionaries who say they just don't count it until those new believers get baptized because you yeah. just don't know, you know, how significant, uh, you know, how real the change is until they step up and mm. make that change. So yeah, to come out of the silence and isolation yeah. of COVID, to hear stories, but then to see the fruit of ninety people go through that. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I was I was surprised. Right, yeah. like we went into this with our lowest pre-registration, and so you know, you get I don't know I. Not nervous, but like, what what is today going to hold? Right, not mm -hmm. that it matters whether you know we baptize one or seven hundred. It should be yeah. the same for us. It's right. not though. We're human beings, right? Mm -hmm. We judge things. Yeah. <laughs> Even me, like I'm like, okay, is this going to be? And I was just, it's just just a reminder of God is good, man, and He works in just incredible ways. And I thought about that same thing, right? Like, how many of those people? just got saved in the last year and a half. Right. God used this horrible circumstance right. to draw people to himself, right? Yeah. That's just... Or even, I talked to a guy who got saved Sunday, like, <laughs> on the spot. <laughs> like, yeah. like, it was like, yep, I did it. Today, it was, I was like, you just went New Testament on us. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you did it the Ethiopian <laughs> eunuch way, man. Yeah, like, like, that's me. Yeah. Hey, look, water, let's do this, <laughs> baby. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, like a lot of the times in in different churches, Brad, you're talking about, you know, missionaries not counting it until somebody actually does get baptized. Mm -hmm. it, baptism can be a really weird thing, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm, to, sure. and to a lot of people that's probably you listed some of those hesitancies of honoring our family because, you know, we may have been raised in different tradition and we were baptized as an infant or as a, you know, in these different ways. And some churches put overemphasis on baptism, mm -hmm. but yet some still put under if significance on that. And, mm -hmm. you know, wh what I think would be beneficial is we could share countless stories, but uh, even just talking about, okay, again, what is baptism? Because even in the sense of we had in our community group last night, uh, a lady who um, has been following Jesus, but hasn't went public with her faith. And she's a, a little slightly embarrassed because she's been following Jesus for 10 years. And it feels mm -hmm. like I, I've missed I've missed my timeline to to do that. And it's like, no, you, you haven't. I pray that our open baptism would spur others yeah. who, who waited. It's like, 
You don't have to wait. You can sign up. You could get baptized. You don't have to wait till next year. You can right. you can <laughs> do it next couple weeks from now or whatever the case may be. But mm-hmm. um, talk about Northridge and baptism. Where where's our stance on that? Why is that biblically or um, any number of things you guys? Could so I, I think there's. I mean, I, I hear two questions in there. One's kind of like the theology of baptism, mm-hmm. right? What's, yeah. what's, what's the importance of significant, which we want to be real clear about. And then there's also the practice where there's choices you sure. know, that can be made and yeah. how we do it. And we've done it a number of ways uh, over the years. Um, I do want you to cycle back to the theology <laughs> of it. But in terms of the practice of it, we create those opportunities often because... Um, it doesn't look like the New Testament. In the New Testament, you see these stories of, I mean, people get saved and the baptisms follow immediately, yeah. whether it's at Pentecost or the Ethiopian eunuch or whoever. It's just, you know, um, the jailer, right, and his family. I mean, these things just boom, 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 mm-hmm. you know, happen right away. But we have a culture, and it happened really early in the church, too. Like, they say, like, by 150 AD, there developed this practice of basically people coming to faith, and then, okay, let's make sure that you show sorrow for your sin, that you learn the doctrines, that you um, demonstrate a change of life, and then come Easter, you know, we'll cue everyone up to get baptized. Mm. So you had this distance that got there pretty quick, and a lot of churches, like, you grew up in churches where it's not common that, you know, you preach a sermon and then someone comes forward right. and gets dunked, yep. mm-hmm. you know, right away. So we create these opportunities for people to linger, you know, for mm-hmm. a long time. But, um, yeah, we've, we've, we've done it a number of ways at Northridge. I, I was baptized here at 11 years old when we had a brick baptistry between what's <laughs> the fireplace and the restrooms. There was <laughs> a baptistry awesome. there, and you know, with that little microphone there, it was terrifying. I mean, terrifying for a young kid, you know, to walk up, and you have to, no video ahead of time, right? It's like live, okay, speak, you know, tell us your story. So For all of you who don't know, me. that used to be the auditorium, <laughs> the, yeah, lobby the lobby did. Yeah. Yeah. We, we at didn't the have Rochester a, campus. Yeah, at the Rochester campus. Rochester we didn't campus. have an awkward baptistry just in the middle of the <laughs> right beside the bathrooms. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's true. But, you know, you have those experiences. Um, we used to do them down at the beach years ago, and that was kind of a cool thing. So, like, Sunday night, we go down there. I baptized my daughter in Lake Ontario, and we'd set up the speakers and do some worship and tell stories. But what we decided was the people who we want skeptics, we want seekers, we want people who are on the edge to see yeah. life change stories. Yep. Mm. And if you have an event on Sunday night, it's less likely those people sure. will come. So we would have the beach was crowded with insiders, you know, and yeah. that was wonderful. They celebrated. It was great <laughs> for us to see our kids, friends, family, you know, get baptized. But we decided, hey, we want those life change stories front and center on Sunday morning because that's where the people who are right, coming and tasting and seeing yep. what's happening at Northridge are going to see those stories. So that's why we moved them to Sunday morning. And then it was, you know, years ago where, again, we see it with other churches we, um, who were doing this idea. And it just, for someone who grew up in the church, it's like, can we do that? Yeah, you know? Right. I mean, mm. how can we be sure? And then there's that issue of control, right? right. Control versus trust. Do we trust, yep. you know, yeah. that these people are making sincere right that's the hard part about baptism too Mm -hmm. is like we we just we feel like we're the judge right and at the end of the day we're not it's it's a spiritual thing only god knows a heart right Right. yeah and i I think it's important to have those conversations sure right it is very that's why we have like i think the like 
the all-star, you know, I get a ton of credit for open baptism, but really the heroes are the people who do the interviews, right? Yeah. Who are yes. back there grinding with people. Mm-hmm. I get all the the fun stuff, right? Like they're all ready <laughs> and, you know, I get the, you know, dunk So you, Wait, you weren't up there in the baptism like, hey, are you sure? Are you sure you want to do <laughs> No, it, I, I knew they were because the team took care of that. But yeah. going back to baptism, I, I like that we do it all kinds of ways, sure, right? Yeah. I think there's, you know, there's only one wrong way to do baptism. It's basically baptizing anybody and everybody, right? Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. baptize people who have you know, confess with their mouth and believe in their heart. That is the prerequisite to baptism. And how you do it, the scripture kind of leaves open to you, right? Mm-hmm. We see it in the, you know, early church. You got saved, you just you just got baptized. We see mm-hmm. a huge moments of baptisms and right. we see small moments of baptisms. The Ethiopian mm-hmm. eunuch, there's just just one. Right. And then, you know, there then there's moments where it's like, holy smokes, a lot of people are getting baptized. Yeah. Yeah. And I think diversity in how we approach it is important because yeah. we want to share people's stories. Right. Because people's stories move people to follow in obedience, right? Even just, I heard story after story on Sunday of, I saw my friend do it, and so that gave me the confidence to do it myself, right? Mm -hmm. So just that story or that sight motivated somebody. So that's why we share people's stories of what God's doing. For sure. And there will be baptisms in coming weeks because of what happened on Sunday. Think about how many people we baptized building up to open baptism, Mm -hmm. right? We've never done that. Normally we cut it off way early because we want to accumulate amount of people. We've been baptizing people for like, yeah, a while now. June or it's July, it's yeah. been awesome how God has been working and moving. And so, right. and open baptism is really just to get people to live in obedience, right? There's just people mm. who've been holding on. I don't want to shoot a video. I get it. It's, it's nervous, right? It's, you're getting cramped. So, this is just like, hey, yeah. we don't want to stop you from living in obedience. And so, right. today's your chance to do it and not necessarily get it over with, but make it seamless and easy. Yeah. 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 That's so good. Mm-hmm. That's so good. And, yeah, and I do like the other way too that we we go deep with those stories, you know. Um, yeah. So like throughout the year, between now and next year, we're gonna continue doing stories. a lot of baptisms. We're gonna see great stories, but there's that opportunity to just to go deep and mm. see see someone's story. Yeah. And, and I love at Northridge how we don't glaze over that story just the Sunday that they were baptized. That we come back to those in different vision casting opportunities, yep. offering talks. Like we highlight the. The point is life change. Yeah. You know, the mm-hmm. point isn't getting wet. It's it's life change, and then going public uh, with your faith and being obedient, trusting God uh, with this call to action that mm-hmm. He is He has called us to do. And I think what was so special about Sunday for me was, you know, forget the ninety, just people living out the series. Right? We have mm-hmm. talked about trust for what felt like to me, at least, a little bit of an exhausting, like, hey, we're we're talking about trust again, right? We struggle mm-hmm. with trust. We're gonna we're gonna grind and grind and to see people practically trust God. I mean, yeah, there were people who were in the tank shaking, right? Mm-hmm. Physically shaking because they were afraid of water. They're afraid of being in people, mm-hmm. uh, being in front of people. Oh, like yeah. I, I think we often don't realize what often like real fears that get in people's yeah. way and to see people push through those fears, mm-hmm. push through those doubts, those yes. concerns and trust God. To mm-hmm. me, that's a win. Like mm-hmm. that yeah. is a huge win of like, we help someone take that step of like, yeah. Hey, and you take a small step of trust, those lead to bigger steps of trust and yeah. even bigger. And I think just as you grind through a series to see God work and the spirit of God move in people's lives to live out what you've been talking about mm-hmm. is like, man, that's powerful. 
Yeah. Yeah. And we don't want it to stop here, you know, and, and that sense of you, you saying like, okay, they were taking that small or even for some, maybe that was a giant leap of of trust. I can't imagine being afraid of water or afraid of being in front of people and then being like, you're asking me to do that very same <laughs> right. thing. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. <laughs> Again, I'm while back, everybody's watching, while right? everyone's watching, clapping, yeah. staring right at you. And you know, everybody's <laughs> looking at you. That's and right. so, uh, but we don't want this series to stop here. And so this may feel a little redundant to you guys, because this is, you know, part seven of our mm. series and conversation on around trust issues in the mm-hmm. series against all odds. But how can we not let it stop here for us that maybe somebody who did go public with their faith or they have went public with their faith? What are those ways that we can continue to mind the, the field of trusting God in our lives in real practical ways, taking next steps in different areas of what are those ways that we can not let it stop here, but continue walking forward? Well, people have fears about, you talk about those fears about getting through the baptistry and, mm-hmm. you know, and getting baptized. Well, going forward, there's plenty of fears with getting other people, you know, your yeah, application yeah. and getting yeah. other people. Yeah. So I'm, <laughs> you know, that, that was a bit of a gut punch, you know, to think <laughs> about, you know, between now and next year, who's going to be baptized yeah. on account. I mean, I got the honor of baptizing Song May a few months ago, yeah. but there were a number of people who could have baptized. There were lots of people had influence yeah. in their life. I, I got to um, step up, which was incredible. But, um, but to think, yeah, there's just what opportunities am I not seizing? What, you know, what's my plan? Yeah. You know, what, what am I going to do differently going forward so mm. that Jesus just shines through more, that there's, there's more invitations, more opportunities? Yeah, and just to bring clarity to, to that, it, it's not about the result. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. about the faithfulness. Absolutely. I know a lot of people who share their faith a lot, and mm-hmm. they often in seasons don't see results, right? right? And mm. that result is not, it's not in our power. It's in God, right? right. That's yeah. what only God's work. And so even if you, a year from now, no one's getting baptized, as long as you were faithful to share Jesus, that's yes. what matters. Right. That's what's important. And so yeah. don't get don't beat yourself down because you don't see the results. Mm-hmm. But to answer your question, Daniel, I think constantly do hard things, mm. right? Like I, I am convinced that many Christians today become so content with their walk with God that yeah. they feel like they're in a a, a like a really good place in their in, in their walk. I, I feel like a strong, mature Christian. But then when you do something hard, it reveals all the areas mm. of sin in your life. I, I, for example, like when we adopted Malachi, I felt in such a good season of walking with God. And then Malachi came into our house and I realized how much sin I have in my life through anger with a child, oh, frustration. Like, and I think if as Christians, we constantly push ourselves to take the next step, yeah, to overcome our fear, do hard things for the sake of the gospel it helps us continue to build trust in God. I think it's important. Expect it to be messy, you know, in terms of you think of both parenting and marriage as tools for holiness, right? I mean, it's just those are, I mean, not everyone is going to be married or have kids, but, you know, those are two places where, man, so much (laughs) stuff is exposed, right? And and we do it, you know, and we'll all look back on our marriages, all look on back on our parenting and say what we could have done differently. But we were parents. That's right. Mm. We were spouses, you know, and we stepped up. And so in the same way with doing these hard things, you know, and you're going to share your faith and you're going to be embarrassed, right? Or it's not going to go well. Or someone's going to be offended, you know? I mean, you know, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Step up. 
I've talked to so many foster families and, you know, adopted families that said, man, we went into this thinking God was going to use us and God used it to refine us. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, yeah. and like, I think that's true about any hard thing that yeah. you feel like God is calling you to. You do hard things. God, you're like, oh, I'm going to do this for God. I'm a good, I, no, he's going <laughs> to teach you a lot through it. Right. Yeah. And the, the big thing he teaches you is, hey, trust me. Right. Yeah. Trust me. And you got this not mm-hmm. because you are good, but because I am good. And so. I just think living in this uncomfortable state of like, okay, God, where are you pushing me next? Yeah. Where's uncomfortable for me? Right. You know, do yeah. hard things. Yeah. And, and in doing those hard things to, to actually get to that place, we, we need to live at a pace and a um, creating space, you know, yeah. constantly throughout the series, the, the subtle messages that I felt like through a lot of these biblical characters where they had space or margin in their lives, whether that was, um, in in a plethora of attitudes that they were listening for God. Yeah, they were looking for opportunities. Yep. Yep. Uh, and so for a lot of us, it's like, okay, how can I? And saying doing hard things for God or living out living out your faith for some people listening or watching that they, they may be thinking, I don't know how I can do that. I'm so busy. I got so many things. Like mm-hmm. it's like, okay, live at a pace and, and within the margins to you know be generous with your time, your money, your mm. Um, resources that you have. Maybe that is foster care. Maybe yeah. that is um, giving. Maybe that is serving in right. different capacities and seizing these opportunities that God puts in front of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but we got to be looking for them. Right. You know, every time that I've looked for an opportunity, right. I see an opportunity. But when it's terrible I, thing, when I'm, isn't it? Well, it's a terrible <laughs> thing, right? But when I'm not looking, when I'm not looking for one, right? I don't, I don't see it. But it doesn't right. mean it wasn't there. It was just I wasn't looking. I wasn't right. preparing myself to see like. Right. Who? Where's an opportunity for me to help? Like right. where, maybe yeah. that hard thing for people is just open your eyes. Yeah, just honestly. open your eyes. Like, like, some of us, we aren't yeah. looking because we don't want to see mm. that hard thing. Right. Yeah. You know, you know that feeling where you're like, man, I, I don't want, I don't want to open my eyes and see opportunity because then I'm gonna feel guilty if I don't take it, or I'm gonna <laughs> feel convicted that God was leading me there and I didn't try. You know, yeah. Like <laughs> it's the first step, right? Yeah. You buy a new car and then it's like everyone on the highway bought yeah. the same car, right? Well, there was just as many of those cars out there before you bought the car, but now you see it, see them right? All, yeah. Now, but like you say, if you know prayerfully, you know, you're just stepping out saying, "God, you know, show me." Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. Mm. Which, is, which is a scary commitment. Yeah. Absolutely. It's it's getting alone with God and and desiring to be used by him. And I think a lot of believers, a lot of followers of Jesus want to be used by God, but they don't create that space and margin in life to say, okay, God, where do you want me? You know, it's just this theoretical and it needs to move to the theoretical, to the practical right. and say like, okay, I'm going to put this in action. I'm mm-hmm. going to create margin in my life, uh, whether it is my, my time, my energy, mm-hmm. my focus, my finances to be used by you. Yeah, and that's at the end of the day, that's why we're a simple church, right? We don't have a ton of programs because we want to create margin in people's lives to respond to the things God is leading them to, to be in the foster care system, to serve in our community, to Mm -hmm. love their neighbor, right? We don't always want to constantly bring Christians to the church buildings, but out into the Mm. community, investing in the community to reach their neighbors, their friends, their coworkers, right? That's a great challenge. I'm just trying to think that through for myself because I feel like through the 18 months of the pandemic, I've had less margin. I've felt very stressed. And so for me, it's like, I need to take this breath. I mean, I feel less connected Mm. in service, you know, opportunities, different things. There's just work because it's in my house. Not mm. far away is there all the time and is yeah. so I I'm just thinking 
through this great challenge about you mm. know you know the margin and how to live a little more intentionally and to create you know create that. But because uh, mm. if you you drift, you're going to drift in the wrong yeah, direction for sure. Easily, it's yeah. For sure. yeah. We're so easily going to be you know. And the ultimate thing that I feel like this is teaching us is to live with the end in mind, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see, you see, see what I, I did there? I know where you're going, bro. <laughs> I, I know where you're going. Andrew, with that in mind, what's our next series that's coming up? Uh, we're going to be talking about heaven. If you didn't see the amazing promo, our producer, yeah. Ian. Producer Ian. It's not only interesting, hilarious, but it sets up what we're going to be talking about. Well, we're going to be just diving into heaven for four weeks and talking about I think it's cool right people you know declaring their their faith in Christ and now that we get to look at their future home with mm. Christ yeah and so I'm excited yeah it's gonna yeah. be it's gonna be a great series we're gonna dig in, into questions and in, in that we have about heaven and speaking of that we're gonna also if, if you're listening start thinking about the questions that you have about yeah. heaven because in week one we're gonna take questions and in week three we're gonna answer them yeah um, so well, yeah I can't think wait. about their questions but how could they get them to us? Uh, you, sh- you got to watch either online or go to one of our campuses. We're going to have a, a number you can text in any okay. question you have about heaven. And basically my, the third message is kind of like a, a Q and a sermon really yeah. about answering a bunch of questions that we have about heaven from a biblical basis. So yeah, for sure. We're going to get slightly nerdy. In the, uh, in I don't the know if I, I've got it in me to be fully nerdy. I, yeah, it's I like Drew is nerdy. Yeah. That's right. I'm like the passionate nerdy. Drew, Drew was, was like, bouncing yeah. off the ceiling on Sunday. Oh man, I was so hyped. It was the opposite yeah. of nerdy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was so hyped. Yeah, for sure. For, it's it's going to be nerdy. fun. It's yeah. going to be fun, though. It's going to be a fun series. Fun conversation afterwards on the podcast. So, yep. um, you know, last week I, I mistakenly said this is the last week of A Little Better. And I meant to say it's the last week of our Trust Issues series. So we're not done yet, all right? So uh, we're about to dive into heaven, what's heaven going to be like, uh, and all the nuances of, yeah, those big questions that Christians love to to talk about. And uh, and living with the end in mind informs how we live today. I think that's an important reason why we talk about, like, what's Mm -hmm. heaven going to be like? And and, yeah, how's it going to come about? Yeah, for sure. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be fun. So we can't wait to dive into that conversation uh, next week and ultimately for Sunday. We hope you'll join us at one of our services, either at our online campus, uh, if you're far from the Rochester area, or if you can get to one of our campuses, we'd love to see you on Sunday. Mm. We can't wait to chat with you again next week. Mm.